This is the Motion Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like more information about Motion Church, you can always visit our website at motionchurch.com. If you'd like to contribute to what God is doing here at Motion, you can do that at motionchurch.com forward slash give. We hope you enjoyed today's message. All right, what's up, everybody? Wow. Man, I, I feel like a big deal. Um, I'm just kidding. Hey, so we're continuing a series this week called Fruiter. Um, so we, we're not bad at grammar, and we, we spell pretty decently. So it's not a mistake. It's a, it's a word that we combine. We made up our, we do think, we make things up from time to time. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, so we took the word fruit, and we combined it with the word future. And so we have been looking at how to have a future that is filled with fruit, specifically the fruit of the Spirit, like we talked about last week, first two weeks in Galatians chapter 5. And so here's what we're after. This is what we're in pursuit of. We are in pursuit of a life that is, is looking more and more over time like Jesus and less and less like the world around us, right? And so the way that we do that in order to accomplish that end, it, we have to have the Spirit of God working in us, producing in us fruit that would be consistent with love and joy and peace, which we'll get into all of that stuff. So Galatians chapter, two, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 25, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, let's stop right there for just a second. Would you say that our world is filled with love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? My observation, and look, this is my limited experience, right? My observation that our, is, that, is that our world is not filled with those things. Now, you find, like, glimpses, right? You see glimpses. You see, you see pockets of these things. Uh, but I believe that, generally speaking, that, that it is not any of those things. And we are in pursuit of those things. And in order to obtain those things, we have to allow God's Spirit to work in us. So that's what this whole thing is about. So then it says... Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. And one of the, the there's one translation of this that says, it, let's keep in step with the Spirit. I can't dance. It's the only thing about me. According to, okay, anyway, that's, there's a song. Titus gets so mad. So, so he's, he's learning like, the, you know. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, and everything about my life ultimately relates back to a song that I heard. Matter of fact, we were driving home the other night, and, and I saw, you know, we got like this cool crescent moon thing, and I'm like, oh, y'all see the man in the moon? And they're like, what? Thought I was dumb. I was like, you know, little boy blue and the man in the moon, cat in the cradle and the silver spoon. They didn't believe me, so what did I do? I pulled up iTunes, and I played the song, and I'm like, boom! Anyway, how did we get on that? I have no idea. So anyway, we're doing a series, series called Fruiture, and we're talking about all of these things, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So what we've done so far, where we've, where we've been, what we've covered, is the first week we talked about the difference between the works of the flesh, which is just a few verses up, and the fruit of the Spirit, and, and how, although it's not our fruit, we choose, we choose to allow God's Spirit to work in us to the degree that it produces His fruit, or we choose the works of the flesh, which leads to destruction and, and you know what's so fascinating about that is like, man, we, we know, and yet so often in spite of the knowledge that we have, the choice that we make is counter to the knowledge that we have. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
So we talked about that. You choose the future that you have, right? You choose the future that you want. The decision is yours, the decision is mine. We get to decide which future we're gonna experience, the fruit of the spirit or the works of the flesh. And so last week we talked about another component, component of maximizing fruitfulness, and it's, it's called pruning. And it's so, it's so counterintuitive. It does not make sense that in order to grow, I have to cut back, right? I have to, to remove some things in order to grow. But it does make sense when you start thinking about it, kind of you start running through all of the, the logistics of it in your head, right? It's like, for example, the example that we used last week was we, we've got an old bedroom suit that we've had for like, I don't know, 40 years. It's old. And it was old when we got it. Like Shelly got it and refinished it, had it for a very long time. So in order to get a new bedroom suit, we couldn't just put the new bedroom suit on top of the old bedroom suit. We had to remove the old so that the new could come, the new and better. You got to get rid of the old and unfruitful for our conversation. Make sense? So this week, what we're gonna look at is, is it's another aspect, another component of this, this whole idea of being fruitful and, and our future being filled with fruit. And it comes from a, a phrase that I heard a while back that was incredibly, y'all ever hear things sometimes, it's like these, these one-liners and you're just like, man, that's good. And then the longer you think about it, the more that you deal with it and you, you let it resonate, you're like, not only is that good, but that is impactful. And, and not only is it impactful, but it's something that I'm going to apply to my life and use kind of as a pillar or, you know, a guiding principle of my life. And so anyway, the phrase that I heard some time back was fruit is loud. Fruit is loud. In, in other words, over the course of time, it becomes abundantly clear who you are. Right. Have you ever been duped? Right. Has anybody not been duped? Anybody? All right, man, I was fixing to say your discernment is on 10. Um, like Shelly, Shelly has very high discernment. Like if Shelly says somebody is not trustworthy, stay away from them because they, they are a snake. Yeah. Was that a pretty good snake sound? I thought it was pretty good, yeah. right? They're a snake, right? So, so it's, we've all been duped because what happens is like we, we look at the fruit in the moment. We look at, you know, again, and generally these are the people who are the most vocal about how awesome they are. And so anybody, let me just, this is a free one. This doesn't count. This doesn't cost you anything. Anytime somebody tells you how awesome they are, don't listen to them, right? In fact, you probably need to just go ahead and start discounting them and dismissing them from your life in that moment. Because if they have to tell you, then they're probably compensating for some other things that, that aren't where they need to be, right? And so sometimes we're duped because we, we listen only and we only observe in a short period of time. But over the course of time, Fruit is loud. We're going to start to see who you are. You're going to start to see who I am over the course of time. It's the conduct and the character that, that is revealed over the course of time. And so I love that phrase, fruit is loud, because it's just a, it's a really clever way of saying something that we've heard all of our lives. How many of you have heard the expression, actions speak louder than words? And, and we like that, right? It's because how many times, again, we're just doing like a Q&A here this morning. It's not even a sermon. It's just a Q&A. How many times have you, you had somebody tell you something and what the reality was or the way they acted was entirely different? Like, you know, somebody tells you that they love you, but they live like they don't really love you. Somebody, and, no? Right? And so what, we're, what we find, what we see is that over the course of time, it becomes clear who they are because their fruit is loud. Now, this can be in a good way as well, right? Like, so over the course of time, we see that people are who they say they are. They believe what they say they believe. And, and so as, we, as it relates to that phrase, actions speak louder than words, what is not being done there is not discounting words, right? Words are still incredibly important and they're impactful. It's, it's not 
that is not minimizing the effect of words. In fact, words, how you speak, the, the words that you use are part of your fruitfulness. So for example, if you have an inability to control the words that come out your mouth, you word vomit. You ever met people like that that just say that? Okay, everything. You, I thought you said ew. Oh, oh yeah, same thing. Ew, oh yeah. So, like people that just, just word vomit, right? People that just tell you everything, people that tell you too much, people that say things that they shouldn't say, people that we use the expression, it's like, oh, well, just, I just don't have a filter. What's well, because you choose not to have a filter? Like it is a decision that you are making. Your fruit is loud and it becomes ab abundantly obvious over time that you have no self-control, which is a fruit of the spirit, right? And so words are not being discounted here. You guys understand what I'm saying? Words are part of our fruit, but they aren't the only part of our fruit. Makes me think of this passage in Matthew chapter seven. And, and this is Jesus talking. And, and it's so cool because it's interesting to think. You've got Jesus, the son of God, talking to his followers and kind of this crowd of people and even he had to remind people to watch for the fruit, not just listen to what they say. Listen to this. This is what it says. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Have you ever met someone like that? Man, sometimes, like, and, and they say all the right things, and they, they, they act the right way, and they act super spiritual. Now, anybody who acts super spiritual, we call them uh, spiritual granola bars. They are fruits, nuts, and flakes. Right. And, and this will be it will be observed and determined over the course of time if they are a granola bar. And so anyway, we've seen people we've met people who are they outwardly they appear to have all of the, the things going on that they're supposed to. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. In fact, I think the opposite would be better. How about you look like a wolf, but inwardly you are a sheep. I like I like the idea of that. And Jesus didn't say that we couldn't do that. So for what it's worth. No. Nobody, okay, I thought that might resonate with somebody. You get to look like a wolf, but you get to actually be a sheep on the inside. So this is what it says. So inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes? I have always struggled reading thorn bushes for some reason. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No, the answer is no, right? Grapes come from vines so far as I understand it. And figs come from a factory where they produce fig newtons. Everybody knows that. Very clear. I, I assume there's fig trees, right? Because Jesus cursed a fig tree. And so, so that's where they could, again, the idea here is like, there's gotta be, a, there's gotta be some, some rhythm. There's gotta be some, some alignment between the tree and the fruit. And so you will, as a tree, produce the kind of fruit that you are as a tree, right? So this is what it says, continuing on. In verse 17, even so, Every good tree bears good. Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. We'll talk about that more in a moment. And in verse 19, it says this, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Good night, sweetheart. Amen. Right? Have you noticed, like, we, these, there's a comedian that talks about, like, the prayers we pay, pray with our kids, uh, and they're kind of terrifying if you think about it, right? So, <laughs> Sleep tight. I don't remember. What was the... the... Oh, if the Lord were to take my soul, right? And it's like, oh, good night, sweetheart. I thought that was funny. So every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, so there's obviously a lot that we're going to unpack here. But, but the first thing is the fact that in this, there are two 
reiterations of kind of the same statement. It's, it's re retooled, reworded, uh, but the same statement is repeated twice. Anything that you find repeated in scripture, it's because it is incredibly important. It's something that, it's like as parents, you say the same thing over and over because it's important. For example, we tell you to brush your teeth all the time so your teeth don't fall out. It's important, it matters. I thought my parents would be very supportive of that statement, but you guys, y'all left me hanging. So at any rate, in scripture, anytime things that are, are repeated, it's because it's important. And so you find in verse 16, it says, you will know them by their fruits. And then down again in verse 20, it says, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So there's a very specific application here. It's talking about false prophets. It's talking about people who are trying to lead God's people astray. And he's just reminding his followers, hey, don't, don't just listen to what people say. Make sure there is a line between what they say and what they do. Y'all know that, that every cult in America or every cult that has ever existed would not have existed if people would have done that, right? If they wouldn't have just listened to what people say, but then also listened and looked at what people did, then they wouldn't have followed, you know, some of these kooks into the, into the coup, kooks into the coup, right? Just crazy stuff. And, and again, it's because we get, we get so enamored with just listening to what people say and we're not interested necessarily in following up because that takes work, that takes time. And so often we don't like to do that. But so it has a very specific application, but I believe it also has a, a much broader application. So when you see two times that it says, hey, you're gonna be known by your fruit, I think that very much applies to all of us, right? No, nobody is exempt from this, this truth that the way that you live, the way that you conduct yourself, the way that you carry yourself, ultimately is projecting and telling the world around you who you are, what matters to you, what you believe. And, and so what you find is like, if, if you're not living and you're not producing fruit that is in alignment with what you believe, then there is some, some things that need to change and shift in your life, right? So just for clarification, so we're all on the same page. When we say producing fruit or bearing fruit, the idea of fruit here, like I'm not telling people you need to go start making apples with, how would, I don't even know how we would do that. We're not gonna get into that. Like, it could go south very quickly, right? But, but the idea of fruit here is that, that we are producing fruit in terms of character and conduct that are in alignment with who it is that God has called us to be. So for us as followers of Jesus to be fruitful means that we have the character and we have conduct that are honoring to him and pleasing to him. Does that make sense? Just first day stuff, but I know I wanted to make sure that we're all on the same page. So, so our goal in this case is to, for our fruit to be loud, but not just loud for the sake of being loud, but loud for the sake of pointing people to Jesus and who he is. I think about that. There's an old hymn, like the go tell it on the mountain. Yeah, somebody picked me up, right? And, and so the idea is like, hey, we are, we are broadcasting to the world around us that Jesus is the Lord of our lives, that we love him, and we want you to know him like we know him. Now, so, so our goal, that is our objective, is for our fruit to be loud. So here's Here's where it gets tricky. Like your fruit is loud regardless. It's just a matter of what, what message it is that you are projecting and broadcasting to the world around you. So let's break this down. We're going to look at two, just two very quick points to help us to understand better what fruit is loud means. The first point is this, eating apples. Eating apples. That is such a random point, right? Um, how many of you enjoy apples? Somebody say yuck. How many of you like apple pie? How many of you like apple pie but you don't like apples? That's twisted, that's weird. So, so if it's true, so here's, here's kind of the truth statement in this. If it's true 
that fruit is, I guess it's a truth question. If it's true that fruit is loud, what does your fruit sound like? If, it, if it's true that fruit is loud, what does your fruit sound like? Did you guys know that apples are the loudest fruit to eat? I didn't know that. Apparently, somebody somewhere funded a study to determine which fruit was the loudest to eat. Like, I guess you stick a, a decibel meter up to their mouth when they're chomping. Like, it would make sense that, you know, a peach, it's all soft and mm, so good. Plums. Oh, I love plums. Although you got to break the skin, like, mm, so good. Um, so when Shelly and I got married, there are obviously things that I did not know about her, and there are things that she did not know about me. One of those was, one of the things that I did not know about Shelly was that she had a psychological disorder. Let me explain. Now, I should have known she was, she was marrying me. Like, I had to know something was, right? Something was, something was off, right? There was some, I was, I was telling somebody the other day. In fact, I think I was telling Shelly the other day. Like, the expression, like, that guy's got a couple of loose screws. I can't even find my screws. Not, not only are they loose, I can't find them. I don't know where they went. It's, it's bad. So one of the things that I did, somebody just said, yeah. Listen, self-deprecating is fine. You stop deprecating me. I don't even know what deprecating means. So one of the things that I did not know about Shelly is that, and, and this is a real thing. It, I didn't know that was a, a true thing also. So there's a, a, a psychological disorder or like this thing where you get triggered when you hear people chewing their food. Does anybody else have? Anybody else? Yeah. All right. Okay. Like it's a real thing. Like, and I used to think she was just being dramatic. I'm just like, oh, get over it. Like it's no big deal. And then like we, we learn more and more and it drives her nuts. And what's so funny, like knowing that now, I don't intentionally put her in situations where she's around that. But it seems like every time we go out to eat with a group of people, she always ends up sitting by the person who eats the loudest. Just never feels like, nah, nah. and Shelly's like, like terrified, angry, bitter, like all of it. So, so I didn't know that Shelly had this, this, I'm calling it a psychological disorder. I don't know, I don't know how else to explain what it is. Um, but she didn't know that I have a deep abiding passion for popsicles, which are very, very noisy when you eat them. Oh, yeah, 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 because look, I don't know how y'all do it, but look, I just rip them off like, you know, Popeyes. Y'all know what Popeyes is, right? And they come in packs of 100, and I can knock it out in about a week. Like, that is not, that ain't no thing for me. And, and people, I'll grab a handful of popsicles, I mean like seven, eight, ten at a time, and they're like, oh, you sharing? I said, no, no, homie, this is for me. And so I sit down. And I rip the tops off the popsicles, and I get to crunching. And it's so good. And Shelly is climbing up a wall, like just going nuts. I don't, know, I don't know if I just felt like sharing all of that with you guys. It has no point. There's no correlation. I'm just kidding. So, so the point is, again, thinking about fruit being loud, apples being the loudest fruit, it's, just a, it's a solid question to ask, right? If, if fruit is loud, if my fruit is loud, what does my fruit sound like? What, what does my life, if my life were producing a sound and somebody were observing that, somebody were listening to that, what would they hear if, if they were listening to my life? If your life had a soundtrack, right? Um, sometimes it, your soundtrack would sound like a train wreck. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're trying to avoid. So I think, I think it's helpful to remember in terms of, again, just asking questions about our lives. It's important to take inventory from time to time. It's important to ask questions about your life. Y'all know that, that there are often times where we lack self-awareness? That was not supposed to be funny. Sometimes, and here's what I do, when, when I have an area in my life that I'm just kind of not aware 
of how bad something is or, or how bad it sounds, for example. Um, what I do, and I know you would never do this, but what I do is when somebody comes up and they say, hey, you know, you got this thing going on in your life, maybe you should be aware of it, I'm so thankful. And I'm just like, thank you for calling me out and pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> you know what my first response to correction is? Like junior high, like probably even younger. Uh-uh, boy, you lying, right? You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know me. Only God can judge me. So say a Tupac, right? So, so we don't like to be corrected, but when we have, again, people in our lives that help us to see things, because we lack self-awareness, it's helpful. But also, we, we should do our own checks from time to time, this, this self-assessment. We've got blind spots. And so thinking about your terms in, in life in terms of it producing a sound, it's helpful. Like, what is the sound that is being produced? Is it a symphony? Or is it cacophony, right? Is it, yeah, cacophony is such a fun word, right? Is it, is it something that is beautiful or is it dissonance? Is it just this chaotic culmination and combination of all of these noises that don't have any rhythm? It's like dubstep. I'm just kidding. I'm, that was just fun. If you're older and you know what dubstep is. Or if you're, like, it's such a weird, it didn't last very long, so not very many people were into it, right? Like, if you're older, what's that? If you're younger, that's dumb. I get it, right? So, so I think what makes all of the difference in, in what, what sound it is that you're producing, whether it be obnoxious or appealing, like we're going for appealing, I think what makes all the difference is, is synchronization, right? Maybe synchronicity is the word. I think it's alignment between what you say and who you are. And that's what makes it beautiful, right? It makes it beautiful when, when what you say and what you've been telling people, we find out that you are who you say you are. You're not just another one of those people who talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk, right? And that is a beautiful thing. I've gotten as, to a point in my life where I, I can appreciate, I don't necessarily like all types of music, like country, for example, way overrated. Just telling you how I feel. However, I can appreciate all types of music because, again, I'm not a musician. I wish I was. I got accused of being a musician one time. Greatest compliment of my life. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a musician. So this was, I'll give you just a really quick story, unnecessary. So Shelly and I went to a conference one time, a long time ago. This is, I'll, I'll date it. So it's probably like 2006, 7, 8, something like that. And I went through a phase where, yeah, and don't judge me because I've seen some of your pictures too, but where I used to wear a bandana and I had a faux hawk and I wore like this before skinny jeans were things. So I wore like baggy jeans and somebody's like, oh, you must be in the band. I was like, if you don't, if you don't answer and you just let them kind of, it's just like it works out. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, just don't say anything, just kind of, and then walk away. And then they, assume, I'm just kidding, I don't know. So how did we, oh, yeah, yeah, music. I appreciate, I appreciate all types of music. And, and it doesn't matter that I necessarily enjoy the genre or the style, but I think there is an appreciation when there is this collection of, of rhythm and, and you hear just the, the instrumentation and the different instruments all working together. I think we appreciate alignment, and I think the same thing is true of the world around us. People appreciate alignment. When your words and your actions are aligned, it is a beautiful noise to the world around you. It's, it's a cacophony. It's, I'm sorry, it's a symphony. It's not a cacophony. It's, it's rhythmic, and there's beauty to it. If not, if there's not alignment, it sounds like a sixth grade band concert. Okay, that's not fair. So as, as bad as that can be, it sounds like sixth grade band on the first day of school. 
That's bad, right? That is, whew, God, like there are special people on the face of the earth that work with, work with that group of people to help them learn. Like it is, it is awful. So if you go on the first day and you go on the last day, I'm like, I believe in miracles. Do you believe? I believe, I believe in miracles. You took, you took that and you turned something from, you went from nothing to something like real quick. And, and you know what's crazy is like, man, our, our lives kind of sound like that train wreck sometimes. When, when there's not the alignment that they're supposed to be, when there's not the, the noise that we're making isn't, isn't kind of in sync with the things that we're saying and the things that we're doing. You understand what I'm saying, right? So your fruit is loud. The question is, what noise is it making? So if fruit is loud, and it is, it's just a matter, matter of whether or not it sounds good or not. We don't want our fruit just to be loud, but we want to make the kind of noise in the world around us that will be attractive to the people that we come in contact with. It makes me think of a couple of verses. Again, kind of this, this whole idea here of eating apples, right? I, that was such a random point. I just thought it would be fun to do. But the idea of, of we have a, a responsibility to be aware of the noise that we're making, and then it's, it's an incredibly important thing as well. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says this. It says, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Examine, right? Listen to the noise that you are making. Listen to the, the production of sound that your life is creating. Is it a good sound or is it not a good sound? Is it something that is, is appealing to the people around you or is it something that is obnoxious to the people around you? Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test? And I think the, the point here is, is a clear one, right? If you are not producing the kind of sounds that, that are honoring to him, then maybe you are failing the test. And now here's what's so good about that. Just because you failed the test doesn't mean you can't pass the test, right? It's like you get unlimited retakes, and that's, that's pretty cool. You don't get that in real life. You don't get that in school. But with Jesus, you get unlimited retakes. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, it says this. And this is kind of a, another sensory application, but I think we can apply it to what we hear. It says this. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So, so the idea here is that you are putting off a scent based on the way that you live to the world around you. And so obviously the goal is to, to be the scent, and it's such kind of a weird thing to think about, but this has always been so helpful for me. How many of you have like an older member of your family, maybe a grandpa or grandma that had a very specific cologne or perfume that they wore? And every time you smell it, you're just like, oh, I love it. And it reminds you of your, like it's such a, it's one of those nostalgic things that is so awesome. I think that's kind of the idea. Like we are to, to the people around us, to the world around us, we are the aroma of Christ. And, and when they smell it, it's a fragrant thing that produces in them a desire to know what that smell is and where that smell came from, as opposed to the alternative to all that. Because y'all smell things and you're like, what's that smell and where that smell come from? Yeah. <laughs> We've got a five-month-old. Sometimes you're like, what's that smell? And where that th <laughs> Isn't it so weird that like we are not afraid to put our nose like three inches from a dirty diaper Whereas it, like, normally in life, we wouldn't get anywhere near somebody else's feces. Just babies were like, oh, it's dirty. It's so weird. I'm like, who, who, who am I? I don't, even know, I don't even know what's happened. Like, I've just lost it. lost my touch. So that's our first point, eating apples. Next point. This one doesn't make any more sense than the first one, but it will maybe in the end. It's called hidden hearing. It doesn't make sense because you can't hide something you can't see that you only hear. It's like... It's like seeing sounds or hearing colors. 
Right, so hidden hearing. So our last point, and I just wanted to make sure we, we clearly understand how this thing works in terms of our fruit being loud. We don't want to just be loud for the sake of being loud. Again, like we talked about last week, the objective is not flashy. The objective is faithfulness. And, and this is difficult in the world that we live in because everybody likes flashy. Everybody, we use the expression so often, everybody likes to look at the highlight reels of other people. And, and so often, nobody is actually concerned about what's actually going on in your real life and who you really are and what you're really struggling with and, and the things that you're actually going through. We just want you to keep projecting and putting on a front like there ain't nothing wrong with you so we don't have to get messy and do life on life. That's, that's what we want and that's what we like. But the reality is, your reality is and my reality is, I am not what I project so often, right? There, there is more to my life than the things... And, I say that. I suck. I don't post anything. I, my life is not what Shelly posts. How about that? Because Shelly is so good, so good about doing that stuff. So the goal is not flashy, but the goal is faithfulness. The goal is for us, again, over the course of time to have some sustainability to the things that we say and the things that we do with, you know, the alignment in that regard. So thinking about it in terms of, of again, we're using hearing here instead of seeing and sense. We're, we're covering all the senses, I suppose. So... What's not heard determines what is heard. And, and we're stealing kind of that idea from so often what is seen is determined by what is not seen. And I think about producing fruit that is loud. It considers all factors, right? It's not just, again, making noise for the sake of making noise. Because if that was the case, and you, you combine that with the fact that we are, again, this, this highlight real society, if you, are, if you benefit from it, you are also subject to it. Right. So if you benefit, if you receive, you know, again, adulation, attention or praise for all the good things that you do, then you will also be shamed for the bad things that you do. Right. If that's what it is, it, it is that is projected. So what's nice about fruit is that it, it considers other factors. Fruit considers that, that you are more you are not your worst moment. I think that's the best way to say that. Like you, you are not the worst thing that you've done. Now, did you do the worst thing that you did? Yes, but that's not who you are, right? And so what we do instead is not, we don't take the worst thing or the best thing that you do and, and label you as such, right? We take the totality of the things that you do. And so that's why I think this is really important. It's like fruit is loud, but it, it's also, it's considerate, right? It, it, it considers more than just the out of character thing you did when you were emotionally amped, for example. Have y'all ever had a moment like that where your emotions... I'm trying to, I always try to think of like very soft ways to say you were a jerk and you shouldn't have been a jerk. So it was just like an emotionally amped situation and I did this thing or I said this thing. Uh, no, you were a jerk and you shouldn't have been a jerk. So stop sugarcoating the fact that you were a jerk. Yeah, okay, good. But so you're not that thing that you did or that thing that you said, but, but you are the totality of your character and your decisions. So using volume kind of as an illustration, Nobody would consider you a, a, an obnoxiously loud person if you yelled every once in a while. Like that, I think that's very much part of the human... Now, some people never get excited about anything. Like, I don't want that life, right? I, I get excited sometimes. I, I get so frustrated with myself. I, I feel like if I go to a football game, if, I need that shirt that says, I am sorry about anything that I may have said in the last, you know, whatever length of time that I was at this football game. Uh, so I, I go to a football game, and, and be what it is for you, like whatever it is that, that you get excited about. And so when something good happens, I cannot help. I'm trying to stay, I, like I can hold on to the bleachers, and I can try to sit down, but I don't even know what how I just I stand up, and I'm like, like I'm on the field doing something. I'm like, 
No, bro, you, you, you pull a hamstring standing up. Stop. <laughs> and it's just, I get, I get so excited and involved. And so, like, again, part of our human experience is, is that we have, you know, with these, these outbursts from time to time, good or bad. But nobody would consider you obnoxiously loud if you yelled once or twice or here or there, right? It's when you do it all the time. Nobody would consider you obnoxiously loud if you're walking down a hiking trail and a snake runs across the path in front of you. Real experience, right? Like, and so it's funny, it wasn't me, but it was somebody that was with me, and I'm like, not only did they yell, they yelled some things, right? I'm like, good Lord, take it easy. Pastor in your presence, knock it off. It's a joke, that's a joke. It's a good joke, but you didn't laugh like it was a good joke, right? So, so nobody would consider you loud if you did that, but if you yelled all of the time, like, man, that is obnoxious, and, and kind of the best illustration I could think of is I'm not, I'll leave, who, I will leave nameless, nameless one of my children. Um, so here's what's so fun about, there's a, there's a rule in our family, like nothing is off limits. Like if you do something dumb, I will talk about it on a Sunday morning. That's just, that's just how we roll. And so one of my children just has been loud all of his life. Well, I, I've narrowed it down, right? It's, it's the youngest one, it's red. Like he's five months old and he just, yeah, I'm just kidding. And so just been loud all of his life. From the time he was, he was little, he would play video games. And most people, when they play video games, like we're chill, right? We're, we're laid back, we're sitting on a couch, we're in a gaming chair, whatever, however you do that. Uh, but not this particular child of mine. They get so offended when I talk about him. And so as a result of, of his activity, hey, just called him out. I'm not saying any names. And so maybe, maybe, and the joke is like he's got calves that are massive. And I'm like, it's because you stood up playing video games all your life and you were jumping on your toes and making this funky noise like I'm like what is this Chronicles of Narnia like like they're, they're coming and so it just has always been like, like walks loud like sounds like my my office is under his room at our house this child who I will leave nameless under his room under my under my office is under his room and I'm like is there a Clydesdale is my is this a stable? Like, do we have horses upstairs? Do, do, do. Sometimes I don't even know what's going on. I'm like, this, this can't be real. This can't be real life. Like, I don't even know. And so the, the point is, like, there's a lot to that, right? The point is, like, if, you, if you're obnoxiously loud sometimes, if you yell sometimes, nobody would consider that being who you are, right? It's just like you yelled, you did a thing, maybe it was out of character, but that's not who you are. But if you do it all the time, well, then I think you kind of get the idea. So I read an article the other day about uh, fruit production and trees. Like, it was very fascinating read. I think everybody should. I'm just kidding. But I, I, was, I did read the article, but it was not very fascinating. But, but a, a mature, healthy peach tree, for example, um, I didn't know this. And I didn't know there were so many different types of all of it. There's different types of, of trees. And then so this particular peach tree produces white peaches. And I'm like, you can't produce white peaches. You're a peach tree, and peach is a color. You can't be white peach. Everybody, everybody knows that, right? Seems so obvious. And so anyway, this particular type of peach tree produces about 35 kilograms of fruit per crop per season or whatever. And, and they, they know that and they, they you know, track the metrics, but they also know that it's going to lose about 10% of its fruit. So it's a good tree that produces good fruit, but even a good tree that produces good fruit is going to give up about four kilograms of the 35. It's either going to drop the fruit early before, you know, before it was ready, or birds are going to come get it, and, and birds have a field day, and birds are like, millions of peaches, peaches for me, millions of peaches. That's a song also. Like, Titus didn't believe me, and I was like, bro, pulled it up, 
presidents of the United States of America? Done. And, that, and like going back and listening to it, I'm like, how dumb were we? Like how easily entertained were we as, as youngins, right? So anyway, I think, I think the idea here is like, again, you, you are not your worst moment. Like your, your fruit can be loud, but if you make a mistake, like we're not going to hold that against you in terms of that being who you are for the rest of your life. So, so you get the idea. It's about the majority, not just the, the misstep or the mistake or the sin or the mishap, all of the other ways that we could say it. I think about, I think about the iceberg principle in leadership. Have you heard this? It's, it's in leadership, all we see is like the top 10%. We see that, again, using an iceberg as the illustration, it's like an iceberg, you only see the top 10% that's sticking out above the water. The vast majority of it is underneath the water. And so leadership is a lot like that. People see the 10%, but it's the 90% that is unseen that matters. And I think kind of correlating that to what we hear and what we see about your life, what we hear about your life, your, your fruit being loud, I think there is a very consistent correlation especially when you consider the fact that trees have root systems, right? So the glacier, it's got 10% that is exposed and then the 90% that's not exposed. And trees, you know, th th those numbers vary based on the depth of the root system, which we are not going to get into because I am not trying to do all that science stuff. But you get the idea, right? It's the things that are unseen help determine the effectiveness of what is seen. And so in our case, the things that are unheard helps determine what it is that is heard. So let's get to the application. Let's, let's get down. Um, I always quote Nacho Libre. I shouldn't, but I do. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> How many of you have not seen Nacho Libre? Okay. Don't waste your time. <laughs> somebody said, somebody told me the other day, they were like, hey, just so you know, when you die, what we're going to do is we're going to watch uh, Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre as a celebration of your life. And I'm like, I can respect that. It's good. All right, so, so let's, talk about, let's talk about application. Let, let's say, obviously, your fruit is loud. All of our fruit is loud, but it's not sounding like you hoped it would sound. It isn't producing the sounds that you wished it would, or more importantly, it's not producing a sound that honors God. It's not producing a sound that leads other people to Him. It may be time to change your tune. Change your tune, because we're talking about noise and all of that stuff. And, and so th the question then is, like, how do we do that? How, how do we, if we're producing a sound that's not right, how do we then go and produce the sound that is right? And I think the first step is, is like we've talked about, we've reiterated week after week, it's not your fruit. It's not your job. It's, it's not our labor that leads to the results that we're after. It's us relinquishing control to God and allowing him to do in us what only he can do in us. And so again, it's the fruit of the spirit. It's us allowing God's spirit to, to change and produce in us the results that we're after, specifically this fruit. But this is where, so, so it's his work, but it's our responsibility. It's our job to allow him to do that. And, and what happens so often is we don't allow him to do that because we've got everything else is louder in our life than he is. I'm going to date myself just a little bit, but we used to have things called uh, CD players and beatboxes. You were a G if you had a beatbox. I couldn't afford one. Um, so I got a, like a janky CD player when I was a kid. Now, listen, uh, before that, I had a Walkman with a cassette and like the real thin, like thrill, real thin uh, Sony headphones. Man, and I would, I would go weedy my backyard, my, our house. Because listen, y'all got it so good. My kids got it so good. For example, we got a zero turn mower. I'm like, you don't know what the struggle is. You don't understand about push mowers that were not self-propelled, that wasn't even a thing, like it wasn't a technology that had been created. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure at like six years old, I was push mowing our yard and it's like, 
Y'all were, and I get, there was a point where I was so small and the mower was so big and it would get stuck in the grass that I had to pick the mower up to get it going past the grass and put it back down. And I don't know how I didn't cut toes off. Or maybe I did. Maybe I had six and I only got five left. I don't know. How did we talk about that? I get on some things sometimes. Uh, oh, yeah. So we've got all of these distractions in our life, right? And I think, speaking of distractions, right? You ever been distraction, distracted? And, and what happens is, oh, I had this, oh, the CD. Yeah, the Walkman. So the Walkman was so dope. Like you could put the little cassette. It, the cassette is a tape that plays music. I don't know if you know that. And so you put the Walkman, and you got the headphones, and you just like you were the coolest thing in the world. And then technology advanced, and we got these compact discs which is another way of saying flaky and gonna break very soon and get scratched and be unusable for the rest of its, its life, right? So, so we had these compact discs and so we got a CD player and you put it in, you select the track, do whatever you wanted to do and, and probably most of y'all did like every one of us did and we got like 13 CDs for a penny. Pretty sure all of us are going to jail at some point. Like there were contracts and fine prints that we're unaware of. And so you get these CDs and you start playing the CDs. Now, so here's what you had to do. With the CD player, the functionality and the volume were all determined by a dial. And so if let's, for example, it's not digital. You didn't have a Bluetooth. It's not like, everything's so fancy now. Like back in the day, you turned it up. I guess you turned it up or you turned it down. Like it was just really, those are the only two options. And I think as it relates to, to God, I think we should turn the volume up. As it relates to the, the influence of the world around us, then, then maybe we should turn the volume down. If you're making, you're producing fruit that doesn't look like him, it could be that you are being influenced by people and things around you that, that ultimately are not going to lead you to that end. Did you know that every time you will, you will follow the voice that you listen to? Every time, every single time, who and what you listen to will determine what you do. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back all the way in the back. My, my pastor used to preach. He had this like weird thing where he would like preach in faith. And so he was like all the way up in the balcony. He didn't have a balcony, just believing, you know, that there was more. So all the way up in the balcony, I'm going to say it for the, who and what you listen to will determine what you do. So what you listen to is determined by the volume of the thing that it is that you're listening to, right? And so if you're listening to people that do not love you, that do not care about you, that do not have your best interest at heart, turn the volume down. How do you know that? How do you know that they don't care about you? They don't, they don't genuinely love you and, and want what's best for you. Look at their fruit. You, you will know them by their fruit. Don't just listen to what they say, because some people, I call them silver-tongued devils. Just like, so the joke, the joke was, like, anybody who tries to talk to my daughter, I don't care, you could be the Pope's son, which is impossible, because, you know, there's a whole thing there. So you, you could be, you could be the, the, the love child of Mother Teresa and the Pope, and in my book, you are a silver-tongued devil. Don't come in here with your smooth words and all these things. You go, no, it ain't going to work. Just kidding, I don't even know. We get on some things. So the point is, you can't just listen to people's words. You've got to look at their fruit. And so if they are, they are instructing you to do things that are not in line with God's word, God's will, God's plan for your life, then turn the volume down. And turn the volume up on God's spirit. Turn the volume up on, on the one, if we're trying to be like him and we're trying to allow the fruit of the spirit to, to be more you know, evident in our lives, how about we listen to him instead. John chapter 16, verse 8, it says this. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit here. He says, and he, when he comes, 
will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. So what I, what I think, this is what happens so often in church today, in Christianity today. We're just like, oh man, you know, I really, I tried to listen to God, but it's, he just didn't talk. He didn't speak to me. I couldn't hear him. And, and what, I, what I feel like so often is that he's, he's talking, we're just not listening. Like, it, it, isn't, it amazing, isn't it amazing that even in creation we find, for example, we got two ears and one mouth. And, and it's real hard to hear when the gums are flapping. It's real hard to hear from God when you, you have the volume up on everything but him. It's very difficult to hear him. I, I even think about like the way we do church sometimes. Like for example, like we come in and we do corporate worship. And we're like, we praise you, we praise you. This is what living looks like. Are you kidding me? Like, where is the awe of God? Like, where, where is the awe of the majesty of the creator of the universe? Where, where is this, like, God is the creator and we are the created. My God, give him some attention. Give him your time. Listen to him. It, it blows me away. Now, look, if you're, if you're new to this thing, you're just trying to figure it out, you think we're crazy, that's cool. But if you, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you love him, if, if he is the Lord of your life, listen to him. He's speaking. He's always been speaking. It's just a matter of whether or not we are listening. And, and if you've got all of these distractions, let me help you out real quick. There is no distraction worth your soul. There, there is no distraction worth your future. There is no thing that you couldn't give up that your life wouldn't be better if more of Jesus was introduced to it as a result of the thing that you're giving up. Like, and look, we love technology. I'm, I'm not even trying to be anti-technology guy, but bro, if you got to throw something out the window to have more of Jesus, throw that thing out the window. Yeah. Throw it out. <laughs> All right, I got to quit. I'm dropping stuff. I'm spitting everywhere. I don't even know where I'm at. But... I mean, I, physically, I know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at in my notes. I'm not that old. The, the delusion hasn't set in yet, right? Listen to Jesus. Listen, listen to the Holy Spirit. And this isn't like this isn't like this super crazy, super spiritual thing. People who are, are super crazy and super spiritual, we call them spiritual granola bars. They're fruits, nuts, and flakes. And it becomes very abundantly clear that they are fruits, nuts, and flakes. It's not, it's not anything weird. But we are built to hear from God. But if we turn the volume down, you ain't ever going to hear anything. But if you turn the volume down on the things that, that are keeping you from becoming who God wants you to be, and you just turn the volume up, it's, it's amazing to me. We would make that statement. It's like, well, I just can't hear God. When's the last time you stopped and listened? When's the last time that you created space in your schedule where you didn't have everything? Listen, I don't know. And God can do whatever God wants to do, but he's probably not going to kind of trying to, you know, communicate and tell you some things when you're watching Netflix or you're jamming to this and you're doing this and you got everything else in the world going on. Instead, maybe, maybe if you're really trying to hear and you're really trying to, to, to produce a noise, a sound that sounds like him, you have to listen to him so that you can produce a sound that sounds like him. I think that comes when we aren't as distracted as we are inclined to be. Listen, let's turn some things down. It is absolutely worth the sacrifice. Amen? Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much. God, this morning, we, we really do, God, we just take some time 
And we just want you to know that we are in awe of you. The creator of the universe, the one who by the power of his words spoke the, the universe, the worlds, the heavens, and the earth into existence. The one who by his power holds the stars in their place. The one who by his power told the oceans you can come this far and no further. The one who by his power and in his love created us with all of our intricacies. God, we were just in awe of you. And it is silly, really, God, that you would want anything to do with us. And yet you do. That you want to, to speak to us and for us to listen and for us to have this relationship with you. We're so thankful for that. God, help us to listen. Help us to follow, to be obedient to whatever it is that you ask us to do. God, help us to live a life filled with fruit. In Jesus' name, amen.